Good morning, church. Uh, it's so good to see each one of you in this day. The Bible says that it's good and pleasant when God's people live together in unity and harmony. So, this is good news. Today, my friend, just to be here with a spirit of harmony and unity, you're making someone else feel good. So, I don't know how many of you were here uh, 15 days ago when we discussed the transformational power that has the Word of God in our lives and circumstances. But today's message is like a second part to that sermon. So, if you don't remember um, that sermon, or what that sermon was about, or you missed it, I invite you to go to faithlife.com or download the app, find our church there, and listen to this message again. The word transformation is not a word that we use too often, but let me tell you today that God is in the business of transforming lives, families, and communities. And we should too. Two Sundays ago we learned that when we proclaim the Word of God in the Spirit, the, the transformation process begins. Remember? We spoke about Ezekiel when he was taken by the Spirit to the Valley of Dry Bones, and he saw with his own eyes how the prophetic Word of God has the power of transforming what is dead and dry into something alive and active. For this, Ezekiel learned that he needs to hear the Word of God first and then repeat the Word of God in faith and finally see how God completes what he promised he will do in his Word. Today I'm here to share with you the secret key that will get you out of your state of frustration and even depression. And the secret, my friend, is to be transformed by the Spirit. You have been living in the field of depression for a long time and today I'm here to tell you it's enough. You've been struggling with frustration and anxiety. You are tired and feeling like you can't take it anymore. You've been thinking about quitting and giving up, but that will not happen because the Holy Spirit is here to embrace you. The Lord is here to tell you, I'm with you, don't be afraid. So there's a character in the Bible who undoubtedly faced the giant of frustration and anxiety in more than one opportunity in his life. This man was David. David suffered the attacks of anxiety, worry, and depression when he was being hunted by the wicked king Saul, for example. During this time, he even had to hide in the cave of Adulam by himself. Can you imagine the level of frustration and anxiety that David had to face in that place? In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see David being anointed by the great man of God, Samuel, as the next king of Israel. Then in the next chapters, we see him working as a servant, fighting with a giant, and being pursued by Saul, who moved by his jealousy, even tried to kill him many times. Surely David asked himself, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? Have you ever asked yourself these same questions? Before showing you through the scriptures how to get out of the emotional state of frustration and depression, let's look together how David overcame this very difficult time. How did he pass this crisis? In David's story, I see three key elements that help him overcome these hard times and be transformed by the Spirit. So, number one, in difficult times, David kept his relationship with the Holy Spirit strong. I'll say it again. In difficult times, David kept his relationship with the Holy Spirit strong. David had the anointing of the Holy Spirit and he always maintained a strong relationship with Him. David was a man of the Spirit. He took care of his spiritual life. In 1 Samuel 16:13 we read, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Being sincere, being sincere with yourself, 
My friend, do you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit every day upon your life? Do you enjoy a daily strong connection and relationship with Him? And if not, why do you think this does not happen? Notice how Samuel describes the moving of the Holy Spirit in the life of David. He says that from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Since this encounter with the Holy Spirit, David received the supernatural ability to do what he could not do in his own strength. Now he was filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to do what he could not do before, to achieve his purpose and divine assignment. Like David, we need to discover the power of relationship, the power of relationship. For David, the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life was the most important thing, much more than his kingdom, fame, riches, and conquest. So let me ask you this, what are the three most important things in your life? That which you spend the most time, money, and effort will become the most important for you. While David grew in his relationship with the Holy Spirit, Saul had completely lost it. First Samuel 16.14 says, Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Although we believe in the reality of mental illness and in the intervention of medicine to treat them, we also believe that there is a spiritual world that surrounds us and that has a great influence in our life. As we read in this last verse, when the Spirit of God departed from Saul, he was immediately exposed to the influence of demons who began to torment him and to influence in his behavior. Suddenly, the king of Israel became a madman and a paranoid person. While David was being transformed by the Spirit of God for the better, Saul was being transformed by evil spirits for the worse. Dear brother and sister, learn the lesson from Saul. Don't neglect your spiritual life because it is your spiritual life that molds your character and influences your behavior. Also, what you are living in the natural is a result of what you are living in the spiritual, my friend. So we need to take care of our, of our spiritual life. Point two, in difficult times, David had the help of God and the help of a brother. I'll say it again, in difficult times, David, our model, had the help of God and the help of a brother. If you continue reading the next chapters, you will see that things became much more difficult for David. In his fury and jealousy, Saul unleashed a persecution against David throughout the whole country. David went from being a national hero to a national fugitive. But during this whole crisis, he was not alone. God was with him. And God placed with him a friend who helped him a lot in this time of persecution. His name was Jonathan. 1 Samuel 18.3 says, And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. In 1 Samuel 20, verse 4, it says, Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it for you. Even more, the name Jonathan means in Hebrew, the gift of the Lord or the gift of God. Say with me, we all need a Jonathan in our lives. Amen? Now take a look at this. David was able to overcome the persecution he was going through and his emotional battle with depression and frustration because he was not isolated but associated with someone. Jonathan, a name that means the gift of God, represents the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus promised to give us and that he described as our comfortable as our comfort, advocate, and helper. But we cannot think of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit without the church. In the New Test in the in the New Testament, whenever the Spirit moved, it did so in the context of the church. We see this in the book of Acts and in the teachings of the Apostle Paul to the churches, especially to the, to the Corinthians. 
The strategy of the enemy, my friend, is to separate us from the protection of the fold, the church, in order to devour us easily. First Peter 5 eight says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The Bible commands us to associate with our fellow brothers and sisters regularly to grow together in faith and work. Together for the advance of the gospel. We, we work together. That's the purpose of the church, to pursue and to accomplish the Great Commission. The book of Hebrews says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 16, in the ESV version, it says, Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. My friend, corporate prayer and agreement and unity brings to earth what, what heaven is eager to give. When we associate, when we gather, the presence of Jesus is manifested in our midst. Matthew 18, 19, and 20 says, Again, says Jesus, Truly I tell you that if two of you upon earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gathered in my name, there am I with them. We need to discover the power of association. We need to discover the power of association. When Moses got tired of fighting, there was Aaron and Hur to hold his arms. When Joshua was faced with the great challenge of conquering the promised land, there was Caleb to help him. In his time of persecution, David associated himself with Jonathan. In his distress in last hours, Jesus associated himself with his disciples to pray. At the close of his ministerial career and, and on the threshold of death, the Apostle Paul associated himself with his spiritual son, Timothy. So, if Jesus needed the help of others in his time of greatest struggle, who do you think you are? Who do you think we are? That we can't uh, get together with other believers to pray. Who do we think we are? That uh, we believe that we can do everything by ourselves, believing that, that we can get out of our depression and anxiety on our own. We all need our, our, our Jonathan. We all need the gift of God, and that gift to you is the Holy Spirit of the Church. Point number three, the final point that I want to share today, this morning. In difficult times, David found a place of refuge. In difficult times, David found a place of refuge. We all need a, pl- a place of refuge, a place where you, where you can rest, recover strength, and be calm. Do you have a place like this? In chapter 32 of 1 Samuel, we read that in his escape, David came to a place called Adulam, which in Hebrew means refuge. What did David find in this case? David found that God was his refuge, his fortress, his deliverer, and his rock. Being still in this cave, David wrote Psalm 142 that I want to share with you. He said, I cry aloud to the Lord, I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before Him my complaint, before Him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one on my right hand, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge, no one cares for my life. But then he said in verse 5, I cry to you, Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. 
then righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Now it is important that we understand that in the cave of Adullam, David not only found refuge from the persecution that was living in the that he was living in the hands of Saul, but also there he could heal his emotional wounds and restore his family ties. First Samuel twenty two one says, David left Gath and skated to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. The Bible does not tell us what conversation David had with his brothers and parents in, this, in that place, but it does tell us that after a while David took them and went to the king of Moab to ask him to grant them asylum in his kingdom since the persecution that David was suffering also seemed to affect his family. So in your time of distress and affliction, God is your refuge, my friend. He wants to bring you healing and hope. God wants to work in you and through you to restore even your relationship. He wants to restore your marriage, your relationship with your children, the relationship with your family, and any other tie that, that may be broken or harmed. We finally see that in this time of difficulty, God took David to a new level of authority. God prepared and equipped him for war so that David could fulfill his purpose. First Samuel 22.2 tells about the origin of David's great army, which Pastor Roy mentioned last Sunday. It says, all those who were distressed or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Watch this. The place of meeting of David and this man was the keep of Adullam. David had something in common with these people. They were all broken inside. In this cave, David knew the power of brokenness. Even in his darkest hour, David recognized that what attracts God the most is broken spirit. In Psalm 51:17, later on in his life, he said, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Another great man of faith in the New Testament who also went through his darkest hour was the Apostle Peter. Peter also understood the power of brokenness, and writing to the scattered, exiled, and suffering believers, he said, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in good time. In the cave of Adullam, David experienced the transformation of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit molded his character and laid the foundations for the development of his purpose. It is in this place where God trained him and, and uh, equipped him so that when he left Adullam and after a short time he could take the kings. Remembering his time in the cave of Adullam and after getting his victory over Saul, David wrote Psalm 18. In his words you can see the transformation he had undergone. Verse 1 and 2, he says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Verse 6, he says, In my distress, I call to the Lord. I cry to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. In verse 28 to 32, he says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help I can advance against a troop. With my God I can scale a wall. As for God, his, ways, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. And finally in verse 35 he says, You make your saving help my shield, my shield and your right hand sustains me. Your help hath made me great. For David, 
Adulam became the solution to the anxiety, frustration, and depression he was living and was also his place of preparation to achieve his purpose in life. So today I'm here to tell you that God has an Adulam prepared for you. Do not let the depression of your past, the frustration of your present, and the anxiety of your future keep chasing you. Come to your refuge. Come to the arms of Jesus. Partner with brothers in Christ who will support you and pray with you. Do not give up. Do not quit. Stay in Adelaide, in the presence of God, as long as you need, and prepare for the conquest that He is preparing for you by letting Him work in your heart and transform it. So today I would like to invite you to pray with me. Holy Spirit, we come before you to ask for your help. Many of us are struggling with frustration, anxiety, and depression. We have been suffering the persecution of these enemies for too long. But today, we receive your word that has the power to deliver us and heal us. And we ask you to put us under your shadow, under your care, and give us rest. Heal the emotional and relational wounds that we have brought to this place today. Help us discover the beauty of spending time in your presence. Open our eyes so that we can see your moving in our lives. Remove, remove the barriers that separate us from your presence. Let us associate with, with one another in prayer, fellowship, and mutual help. We love your presence and we love your church. Touch us with your spirit. We take your victory today and in the name of Jesus and in the authority of the spirit. We renounce the spirit of depression, anxiety, and frustration. Declaring that your Holy Spirit is transforming us and leading us to a new time of victory. We thank you for all this in the name that is above any other name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.